Hello, I'm James Cornby and welcome to Capital Talk, the private wealth podcast brought to you by Stevenson Harwood. This week, I am joined by Kate Bright, who is founder and CEO of Umbra International Group. Kate is a secure lifestyle specialist and she's a trained bodyguard and welcome very much. Thanks for having me, James. Now, let's first start with the trained bodyguard bit, because there is a popular misconception that bodyguards are big birdie blokes in black suits or Kevin Costner. Now, you're not Kevin Costner and you're not a big birdie bloke. And I can say to all of the listeners, you're not wearing a black suit. So tell us about how you got in to that field of work. So you're absolutely right, this misconception that security is a gender or a particular presence. And my experience is derived from a long time working for the sorts of clients that needed various different deflection tactics, should we say, to uh, look after security of their lifestyles. I came at it from a bit of a lateral angle because one of the heads of security that I worked with said that I, I'm, as you know, fairly sort of direct bossy kind of person. He I've said, never noticed that, Kate, before. <laughs> he said, if you want to boss uh, our, our ex-military teams around and the, the family's security teams that I was managing at the time, you better roll your sleeves up and go and do the training. So I took the gauntlet and I went and did the training. And I realized that I had a pretty unique skill set, not just in terms of my gender, but also in terms of my point of difference being uh, slightly more invisible than my male colleagues. So yes, you're absolutely right. Security has a new face. And we're not supposed to like gender stereotypes, and they can often work against women in particular. I just wondered if that stereotype can actually work in your favour. Absolutely. I think in life, you have to turn things that you're not into your competitive advantage. And I think this is one such example of that. I think a stereotype is there for a reason. But the, the way the world has changed, I think we're now becoming much more aware of how diversity at every level can mean the difference between safety and otherwise. So do you think that perhaps because people aren't expecting a bodyguard to be a female, that they're perhaps not going to notice you or see you as a, as a potential threat or obstacle? I think in the broader sense, I think this invisibility that is afforded by, in the example of myself and, and the operational work that I did subsequently to getting my licence, I went around unnoticed. I was that person that was able to achieve success for my clients in various different ways and means on the projects that I worked on by the simple fact that I went about invisibly. So this invisible security, I think, is something that absolutely is, is a, a point of difference. And I just wonder also whether in certain high tension scenarios, you might be a better person in diffusing things than a big burly bloke in a suit. Absolutely. And, you know, the case of social scenarios, restaurants, nightclubs, those sort of environments are where you see this playing out perfectly because you're simply able to manoeuvre and deflect anything before it happens rather than actually cause some sort of confrontational situation in the main. But again, I'd say this is this is a feature of invisible security in all its diverse formats rather than a gender uh, issue. Now, let's look at the issues of privacy. Young people now tend to post their entire lives on Facebook and, and other forms of social media, which is their right. But of course, at the same time as they're posting content on those platforms, they're potentially dragging other people into their 
vision as well. So I just wonder how you could protect the privacy of a high net worth individual when he's got children who are posting everything online. Do you get down to that level of detail? Yeah, I think that young people today are slightly more savvier than we give them credit for. And long gone are the days of the, the family yacht getting geotagged in in, uh, in the med. Um, I think it's a fundamental issue that ties in with this, this idea of lifestyle in that a client and their family will want to consider their lives that they're able to live their lives in the way they want to live them and not be restrained by security protocol. However, it's a case of explaining what can happen when certain bits of the housekeeping, particularly in reference to privacy and online privacy. Do you have any tips for clients who want to protect their own security, be it uh, their privacy, uh, their lives uh, and the lives of their families? What, what, what are the key tips that you would say they'd most need to pay attention to? Well, I think this is the interesting part about particularly relating it to the title. Is it the world's wealthiest that need protecting? I think we're all united by this word security in today's world. So the tips that I would give to my clients are actually the same sort of tips that I would give to any person that's looking to uh, to improve their security housekeeping. And then it all boils down to this perception of one's own insecurities. And if you can identify those and break down what is actually a real and physical threat and those things that may occur and always adopt a best practice, have a proactive mindset. Kate, you mentioned that there aren't many women in the, the uh, security sector. What, what, what is the participation so currently only around just over 5% of all license holders, close protection or bodyguard license holders are female. So yeah, it's a very small percentage of the overall industry. So you need a license? Yes, you absolutely do. A license regulated by the Security Industry Authority. Um, the training, contrary to uh, what you're probably hoping, yeah. um, uh, I can't uh, necessarily... Uh, you know, the firearms training, particularly in this country, you're not allowed to carry weapons. So that rules out firearms training in, in the majority. A lot of people will come from military environments, so they'll already have that training. And you're able to do add-on courses primarily overseas rather than in this country. So actually, I was quite disappointed that a lot of the training boils down to classroom-based exercises of understanding the laws of the country, the Private Security Act, when you're able to step in and not. But I did get my hard target combat training where I uh, got a few bruises and, and learned how to sort of disarm knives and disarm guns. But as I said before, if you're getting to that position, it's operation fail, it's too late. I think a lot of our listeners will be interested in the, the physical side. I realise you say that's mission fail if it does get physical, but how brutal is the combat training. I mean, how deadly are you, Kate? Contrary to popular belief, I'm probably deadlier with my pen um, than I am with my, my my physical presence. I think for me personally, again, physical presence, I'm six foot, you know, I, I have a physical presence. I've worked alongside guys who are shorter than me, slighter than me. We're all used for different purposes, should I say. So the training itself is a kind of baseline level of training. And the idea is that you carry on adding to those skills over time. So, for example, for myself, that was carrying on my Krav Maga Israeli martial arts training. And finally, on the topic of security, I just wonder for some clients, whether it's a status symbol for them to be surrounded by very visible bodyguards i mean what, what's your what, what's your feeling when you see that on the telly sometimes a diva surrounded by six or seven big burly guys in suits are they showing off well 
Well, I think today's clients, particularly the ones we work with, if there is a competitive edge, it's about how invisible you can be. That said, there are different types of clients who have different types of threats. So if I was Lady Gaga, I'd want a six foot eight fridge looking after me (laughs) because you have your paparazzi, you have your stalkers, you have a completely different profile where someone of that nature, particularly in entertainment and sports, visibly recognizable on the street will have different types of approaches to say someone who even who may be sort of Sunday Times rich list or Forbes rich list may go about their lives in a much different way much more low profile way in the main i think we can all pick out those places and spaces particularly in the capital where you know you're you're used to seeing the uh, long lines of range rovers and again these are the ways that a client and their teams have chosen to secure themselves for me that's a way to highlight but i guess what you're saying is if you if you have a high profile client that's the time where high profile security might be required because there's no point trying to hide Whereas a lot of clients who are concerned about their security actually are not very well known to the man and woman on the street. And as a consequence, their security is going to be much more discreet. Otherwise, they're just going to draw attention to themselves. Absolutely. And I would add to that that even the most highest profile clients that I've known and worked with, there are always ways of being invisible. And so it is sometimes a tactic, sometimes it's logistical, um, and other times not necessarily down to the sort of the minutiae of correct planning. But it's increasingly more difficult to actually have a higher profile in my opinion and in my experience okay finally kate it's christmas uh, although our listeners won't be hearing this until the new year and i wanted to ask you a seasonal question christmas pudding or christmas cake and why it'll have to be christmas pudding anything that you can light with a flame Uh, gets my vote, I guess. The more brandy, the better. And on that fiery bombshell, I thank you very much, Kate Bright, for joining me. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Capital Talk, brought to you by Stevenson Harwood. I'm James Cornby, and I look forward to seeing you next time.